if I ask a client, like, if this was your daughter's relationship, what would you tell her? And they'll say, well, I tell her to leave. Well, why is that not good enough for you? Like, why is it different for her? And guess what? She's watching you. And if she's, if she sees you not leaving and sees that maybe her dad or, or her stepdad isn't treating you right, like, what does she take from that? Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Lisa Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. All right, loves, how are you? Welcome back to the Be It Till You See interview with an amazing guest. Um, I am so thrilled to have this one on. I've actually been on her podcast, She Who Wins, and she's such a powerhouse. And here's what I know. I know that there are divine appointments and everything like we, uh, we met by putting ourselves into a room and it was a very small in-person event that was going on. And there was this networking part that was supposed to happen. And as an introvert that I was, I just wanted to hang up my friend, Lauren and like, just go have a drink. But the energy in the group was so good that we decided to stay for the networking part, which was like this, you sit and the one row of chairs in front of you just kept moving. So you had like these two or three minutes per per person to talk to. So it's a little overwhelming for the introvert that I am. And there's like 20 people that we met like within an hour. It was chaos and crazy. But when this woman sat down in front of me, first of all, I was so excited to finally meet her because I'd been hearing her amazing advice in the room. And I was like, I got to know this woman. And then when she asked me for some help, I was like, because I had this like moment of like imposter syndrome, but like, I just was like, this woman is so amazing. She's so powerful. Like, and then she asked a question and I was like, oh, I have an answer to that. And it was so hilarious because she had actually just met the person that I suggested that she connect with. However, um, it just goes to show that that person got double votes that she needs to connect with her. And also never put yourself into a position where you actually are putting people up on pedestals when you haven't actually met them because who you are is valuable and what you have to offer is very uniquely different than what the person you're in front of has to offer. And so together we can actually have these amazing, crazy moments where we come together and we're stronger than we ever were on our own. And so we actually dive into this, uh, to that type of topic in this interview. So Renee Bauer, she's incredible. You're going to hear her story. You're going to hear who she is, what she does, what she's up to next, which I think is really important because sometimes I think um, when I bring on guests, you can just hear what they are at the top of their game, but also as they're transitioning into another thing, you know, she's this powerful, amazing person, but she's starting something new and there's uncertainty there and there's this newness there. And so I'm, I'm really excited for hear tons of amazing advice and also hear from someone who is like changing what they're up to these days and how that's working for them. And so it's exciting and you're going to get a lot out of this. Let me know how you feel about this podcast by leaving us a review. Give us some stars. You can do that on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. And here is Renee. 
loves, it's here. OPC Summer Camp. You know, that thing we started last year? Well, we're doing it again this year and we're making it bigger and better than ever because we have teachers from all over the world, which means all day long, you can nerd out with me at Camp Zoom from the comfort of your own home in your favorite Pilates workout outfit without having to get bugs or dirt or weird camp food that's like some weird slot. No, you can have the amazing food from your own home. You can be whatever clothes you want to be in and you can join us all day long for whatever workouts and workshops you sign up for. In fact, you can even do a whole day pass and save the most money. In fact, up to 56% off if you buy the day pass. So go to opc.me slash events to see the full schedule and lineup of events. If you only have access to a mat, we've got plenty of stuff for you. We've got Reformer. We've got some happy hip Reformer with you. We've got so many amazing things. You can go to opc.me slash events to see the whole schedule, all 14 teachers, and all the goodness that's going to happen at Camp Zoom. And I'm your camp director. Woo! All right, Be It Babe, I am really thrilled finally to bring this amazing woman on the Be It Pod. I have met her, gosh, it's probably almost six months ago now uh, that we're recording this, so maybe even longer by the time you hear this, but she was just such a powerhouse. And when I heard what she does for women and what she does on this plan, I was like, I have to have her on. So Renee Bauer, thank you so much for being here. Can you tell everyone who you are and what you rock at? Thank you, Leslie. I'm so pumped to be here. I am a divorce lawyer, been doing it for 20 years. But I noticed in that journey that the relationship was kind of a, it was what happened after other things were going on in a woman's life. And really what was happening is women were struggling with issues of worthiness, of understanding money, of understanding that they were capable of the love and the life and the job that they want. So my work has since shifted to more of this woman's empowerment space of hosting live events and a podcast and I have a book coming out in 2023 all about that. So it's, you know, the work is, is, is part divorce. That's what I, my trade is, but my love and purpose is really helping women just see what they're capable of and what they can inspire to. You know, okay. There's so much to unpack and love there because you could have definitely just stayed, like just had that one thing, just been like, just rocking one thing, amazing divorce attorney, but you saw that there's another problem. And like, if we could solve this problem, it might put you out of a job <laughs> or it might actually help people it will help women realize that no matter what happens in their relationship, they are an amazing person that like that, like that isn't a reflection. It doesn't have to be a reflection of them and their worthiness. Yeah. And you know, so uh, what I saw over the years is that women who would come into my office and they would sit across from me and they would ask questions like, how do you know, or I would see them describe these really horrific, toxic relationships, or they knew that their relationship had come to completion because it was just fine and that wasn't good enough, but they still didn't make that decision to leave the relationship because they were scared. And a lot of times it was fear around money. It was a lack of control of money. And I said, well, that's, that's the issue here is it's, it's not that the relationship it's, you know, whether you stay or go, but it's, they're choosing, they know their relationship has come to completion, but they haven't chose themselves yet because they're so afraid. And that's the root of really what, what the work that I do and the problem that I saw, and I hope to help people work through. Oh yeah. I think, um, I wasn't married to the person I was with before Brad, but it was like that. And I remember driving on the freeway and like, in traffic and just like praying to God that like he would break us up because I really didn't know how to break up. And I also didn't know what I would do once we were broken up. Cause I was like, I, I don't have a place to live once we break <laughs> all these things. Right. And, uh, living in LA, like there's a really expensive <laughs> leap to make. It's like, Oh, I'm going to go from like having a house that I like paid f- partially for, but not enough to like pay for an apartment of any size. <laughs> 
exercise. And so, um, so I, I can relate to those women so much and I'll, and I'll never forget. I had this client and, uh, she, she's a woman of a, of a certain age and certain amount of wealth from her previous, she married well the first time. And she's asked me how it was going. I said, Oh, it's, it's nice. And she said, honey, wallpaper's nice. And she said, look, you don't have to marry for love the first time you can marry for money, but do not just be in a nice relationship. <laughs> I love that. I, you know what? I had the same story of that you had of driving. I was driving in my mint green Volvo SUV with the double videos on the headrest with my infant son in the back seat. And I had this moment where it was like, okay, now that I have my son, I have everything I need to be happy. Like now I look back and I think of that thought. I was like, whoa, like what, you know, girl, there, there's some work to do there. But I stayed in that relationship for two years because I thought, well, my son would bring me happiness. Not the case yet for a minute, but you know, not long-term. And I had just started my law firm. I had maybe five clients. I could count on one hand, you know, the number of people I represented and the money that was not flowing in. And I stayed partially because I was afraid of living on my own, having to support myself. I didn't know how I was going to, even though I had a law degree, I was a lawyer. I didn't have that, that steady job because I was self-employed and I stayed. And yeah. so I've like, I've been there, you know, and I see it so many times with women too, who feel so stuck because of a situation they find themselves in, but that doesn't have to be the only situation. Like there yeah. are there are things that they can do in order to get out of that situation because being just fine. And my ex, he's a great guy. He was a great dad. Like there was nothing wrong. It was, it was wallpaper. <laughs> right. I've, it's just, I've, I've never forgotten that entire like conversation. Cause I'm when, whenever I have clients like, Oh, it's nice. I'm like, wallpaper is nice. Like I'll never forget that. Like there's going to be moments where your relationship is like in different stages, but, um, just if the, if the high point is nice, then. <laughs> so so I, I love that you have that story as well, because I think it makes it even easier for you to be relatable, not only to your clients, but to the women that you're trying to serve right now. And what are some things that you did to kind of like ready yourself to leave him and also like to get yourself to the point where you're like, I can teach other people how they're worthy, no matter what's going on. Yeah. So two, two different questions and answers, but one getting ready to leave. I just got to the point where I was so unhappy and I had gone to a doctor, just a regular checkup. And the doctor was like, how are things going? You're a new mom. And I remember saying like, you know, doc, I'm not happy. And she was like, you want me to prescribe a prescription for you? And I was like, wait a second, I'm not depressed. I'm not happy. And there's a difference. And that's when I think everything started to fall into place. And it was like, you know what? There's nothing wrong with this relationship, but I can't see myself living a fulfilled life, staying in it and taking that leap and trusting that it was all going to work out. And I tell my clients that all the time, it's sometimes you have to take the leap and let everything work itself out the way it will, even though you're scared, even though you don't know what the other side's going to look like, even though you don't know where you're going to live, like you just have to decide, okay, I'm going to take the smallest little action forward in order to at least start the momentum. And that's what I did. It was like the smallest step. And it was like, all right, I file. I don't know what's going to happen next. Okay, now I move out. Now I don't know what's going to happen after that. And it was like, just kept taking little, hard, uncomfortable, scary actions. And, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That year was hard. Like it was, it was, I was my the worst version of myself. I was devastated. I had so much shame around it. I didn't have friends because I wasn't living in the state that I grew up in, but it's like, okay, I, I know in my heart, this is still the right decision. Cause mm -hmm. even though it's a hard one, it's still the right one for me. 
you know, and here I am all of these, let's see, my son's 17 now. So 15 years later, I'm so grateful I made that decision. And we have both moved on. We're both remarried. Um, he's my ex is with, I think the per perfect person for him. I was not it, you know, I'm with my match and I'm so grateful that I was able to kind of push through that hard when I think so many women don't want to feel that discomfort and so that they, they stay because what they know is better than what they don't know. Oh yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I mean, like, I definitely, as I like hear your story, what I, what I hear so much is like, because of that situation, it really makes you the most prepared to do what you're doing right now. Like if you had, uh, if you had stayed in that relationship, like it doesn't sound like it was a horrible one. You just weren't happy. And like, you definitely would have ended up affecting other things in your life. But also if you would never been married to that person, like your life would be totally different and you wouldn't be able to help. You could be the same lawyer with the same, even like a similar child situation, but like you wouldn't actually be able to relate to women the way that you're doing it and also empower them the way you are going to the, the way you are now. I don't think I became a really good divorce lawyer until I got through that. And I have, so in between all of that, I got married a second time, like, so I even have that little, and that second husband, that relationship lasted from beginning to end like a year and a half. I mean, we're talking meeting, marriage, divorce in that short of time. So to pile the shame on there and the embarrassment on, but that journey would not, you know, it, having gone through that, like I can connect with clients and other women who are saying, um, you know, I'm so scared. I get it. Like I was too, like, I understand the fear around money and you can still work through it. So before I, you know, I was a decent lawyer, but having that pain and experiencing the emotional roller coaster of going through that, I think changed everything about how I practiced and, and yeah. represented my clients. Yeah. Yeah. You can see them. And, and also you can understand that, that, and that you said the word, like it's shame. Like there is so much shame, whether you go through a divorce or thinking of going through a divorce, you go through another one. My mom, um, she's gone through two and I can tell that the shame that she still carries around that. Um, what are some things that you help you helped yourself or help other clients do to deal with that shame part? Because that I think can be the one that changes your life the most. Like that could keep you from doing anything else after the, a divorce. I love this question so much because it wasn't until I started actually speaking out and speaking, going on a podcast like this and talking about my two divorces that I overcame the shame. So prior to that, I was like going into work and, and doing all of the things I'd come home and still be kind of living in this world of like, I was embarrassed. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to share any of my personal story with my colleagues or like other lawyers or let anyone know about it. But I had gone on a friend's podcast and she started, she, she said, I'm going to interview you. I'll bring sushi over. We'll have a couple martinis. It'll be all good. So she did that. I'm like, Oh, sushi. Okay. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> we poured the martini. She clipped on the mic and she's started asking me about my divorce and maybe I was a little buzzed, but I actually started answering really honestly. And when that episode came out, people had reached out to me to say like, Hey, that was my story too. Thank you for speaking so vulnerably about it. And that's when I realized I need to talk about this and not be ashamed about it. And so now, now it's like, it's, it's second nature to just to be like, yeah, I'm divorced twice. So what, <laughs> like, yeah. you know? And so it was, it was sharing it. And I think so often People don't want to share that. And they're almost like apologize. It's like, you know, the whisper, like, oh, I'm divorced or I'm twice divorced. And it's like, just own it. Be like, you know what? I, I was in two relationships that didn't work out. And I made the, the brave decision to leave that because I wanted more from our family, for us, for our kids. And, you know, that that's okay. 
You know, I want to highlight that because there are many women listen to this podcast. We have a few good men and then we have mostly women. And I, I want to highlight that you said you made the brave decision to leave. I think, um, though that if we could actually change the stigma around divorce and we could actually focus on, um, that you may, that it's brave and courageous to, you know, acknowledge that this is not the right relationship for either person, then I actually think there'd be more happiness in this world and also children raised in households where they can see that confidence comes from like choosing yourself and that you can choose yourself. Um, I, I actually think it would be way different than people like trying to stick it out for longer and, or some people are in relationships, unfortunately, where there is trauma happening and things like that. And like that, that, there's a shame around divorce. So they'd rather stay in the thing. And it's like, if we could just empower people that it's actually very brave to choose, you know, to help both people have an opportunity to have love and happiness. Yeah. And I, and I think of people being really honest, if they're in that, or you're on the cusp of divorce, that relationship's not happy. Neither of you are happy because you're not going to have one person who's totally happy and the other one who's miserable, like something the dynamic, it, it, whatever is happening there, the reality of it is both of you are probably in this kind of place of just being stuck or just going through the motions of it. And it breaks my heart that like, I have friends who are in relationships or marriages that are not great and they're not happy. And I'll say to them, well, you have a choice. And they'll be like, no, I don't like, I have three kids. So like, that isn't the reason to stay in something where you wake up every day and you you dislike, and I don't want to say the word hate, but for some people it's hate, dislike or resent your, your spouse. And if, you know, I, I like to say if, when your kids go off to college, how do you feel about spending time with your spouse? And usually if the answer is like, Oh God, no, like, I don't know what we're going to do. Well, that tells you that something needs to be fixed, whether you mm -hmm. work on it as a couple which if that's possible, then absolutely do that. Or you make the decision to change the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's what a, a great way to picture things. Cause that can really help you. And also like, I love that, you know, you people, we're not here saying like divorce is the answer. You can't, there are some relationships that absolutely can be worked on, but obviously both parties have to want to, to do that. And then action speaks louder than, <laughs> than the words that are in those things. So, so to go back to like teaching people worthiness and like also, you know, also overcoming the fear of that uncertainty. What are, what are some things that, um, that women can do? And especially in, if, if that's, if this is where they're like thinking of going or where maybe they're at right now, as I listen to this. Yeah. And so I'm bringing this to a, a very strategic, um, to do what they can do, because what I have found is that most women have this fear around money and often they, they'll come into me and they'll say, I wasn't the one who paid the bills or all the money got deposited into a joint account. I don't know what's going on. So this is a really practical strategy that they can just start to really educate themselves and be informed about what's happening in their marital finances. Really start to see what's coming in, what's going out, what do the bills look like? Um, look at retirement statements. Make sure that you have your own credit card. Set up a separate bank account if all you have is a joint account. So like really start to do things where you feel empowered from a financial perspective, because so many women feel like they're, they're going to stay stuck because of the money, you know, like we mm -hmm. talked about, they're not, they're not going to have enough, but if they start to take control of that, then they can start to make decisions that aren't based on fear, but really are aligned with what they know is true. So it's really start to get a handle on the money. And that's like, start looking through bank statements and credit card statements and investment statements. So you can really understand what there is. 
Yeah, I think that that's really, we, um, at our house, we call it the SOTFU, the state of the financial union and once a month. And I hate the meeting. I really do, <laughs> but I also don't want to not be at the meeting because like it didn't make me feel good to not know what's going on. So we once a month sit down and we know how much money is the next month supposed to bring in? How much are we And like, it's a little bit business and a little bit personal because obviously we work for ourselves. So if the business doesn't make its money, we don't make our money. So we actually sit through and we go, okay, yes, we expect all these members to stay on. We expect, oh, I expect these ones to leave. Oh, we have these events coming up. We can expect to make this much. Okay. Every, all the, there's no stress on payroll. There's no stress on this. And then, um, while Brad does pay our bills, well, my sister actually works for us and she like <laughs> sends all the money around. I'm on all the, I get all the emails. This has been paid. This has been paid. This has been paid. So like I am involved in knowing where things are at. And then my husband, and I actually never joined our uh, bank accounts. We've always had them separate. Yeah. Just kind of made sense. Cause he had his own business at the time and I had my own and it allows, it allows me to feel like. I don't ever have to, not that he would ever ask me to, but I don't have, I don't ever feel like I have to ask to buy a cent of something. If I want something, it's yeah. like, I have my own money. I have my own credit card. You know, as long as I can be responsible with all of that, then I can know I'm good with my things. I, you know what? And that's such a hot button topic because I, like I posted something on TikTok and it went a little nutty and people were coming at from all different angles. I agree with you. I, there's nothing wrong with keeping things separate. And my husband and I too, we all have separate stuff and we have a joint bank account that really sits there kind of dormant. We don't use it because everything we're kind of operating from our separate. That doesn't mean you're setting yourself up or getting prepared for divorce. It just means that you have some financial independence and having that state of the union is so important because even though things are separate, you come together and you look at the full picture. So people get really triggered by that. And they think like, well, if you're, if you're keeping things separate, then that means your relationship isn't totally unified. And I disagree. Yeah. I think I, that, yeah, I couldn't, I, I agree. And I, you know, <laughs> TikTok is a whole other world. Of oh, it like, certainly is. I just, it's such a weird place, but like almost the people who are saying that I feel like there's more fear on and their end, like that you're almost highlighting something, um, that they're, uh, unwilling to uh, acknowledge, but it's like your relationship can be hot and connected and it doesn't have to be by a bank account. Like that's not yeah. what tells you you're having a great relationship. So, um, I love that. I love that tool. Um, when it, when, when women are, um, obviously there's fear around money do what other fears have you seen that keep them from maybe making this decision or also they know that they make the decision, but like making the next steps so that they can thrive on the other side. Being alone. That's always a big one. Um, figuring out. So being alone and having to figure out like, how are you cutting the lawn? I mean, that's one of my favorite stories is like one of my first weekends after divorce, it was maybe a few weeks had gone by and I looked out in my lawn and there were like weeds all over the place. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, like I need to handle this. And I went out with a weed whacker and weed whacked a half acre and it was a disaster. And then on Monday, I went and hired someone, but it was like doing simple things like that, that you never had to think about. And people think like they're overwhelmed. Like, how am I going to have the, the driveway plowed? And, and, and there's solutions to all of that. So you don't put your happiness online just because you're worried about the, the shrubs needing pruning. Um, mm -hmm. So that, you know, that's one of the things. And then often the kids, people are afraid of messing up their kids. And I, what I say to them is conflict causes problems and it causes um consequences in you know in kids what kids are seeing and how they're being raised it's not it's not the divorce it's the conflict 
So Mm -hmm. being in a house where there's a ton of conflict and a ton of fighting, they're seeing that. Now you're normalizing what what a relationship looks like to them. And let me tell you, they're going to go on and make those same mistakes and not have a healthy relationship because they're mirroring what the, what they grew up in rather than watching to their parents maybe live separately, but also live in a, in a happy environment. And I know that that's kind of black and white and there's a whole lot of in between in there with levels of conflict, even when you're divorced. But often people think that the divorce itself is going to screw kids up and it's just not, it's not true. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think, um, you know, there's that whole like childhood divorce kids, like divorced homes, like from the eighties and nineties. And I think that Mm. if you really look at it, it was the way that conflict was really put through with divorces. Like there's conflict getting to the divorce and then the divorces are messy and ugly. And, and so like the kids are not, it's not the divorce. It's the messy and ugliness that they're seeing from their parents who the parents say they love them, but that like, they're like, it's, but they're, it's just, it's all a hot mess. So I, I agree. I think, um, one of our guests, Amy Ladine, she'd said, um, actions are caught, not taught. And if you're wanting your kids to go open a world where they get to have choice, they get to feel happy. They get to feel like they have potential and possibility in this world and love, but you're raising them in a household where like, they can clearly see that the two adults do not have that kind of passion for each other or love for each other or respect for each other. They're seeing that they're seeing those actions. And that, that is going to be something that they either resent you for, or they think is normal. As you say, that normalizes it. And then that's how their relationships go. Yeah. Like, and you think about, like, I have a, a son and three stuff kids. I want them to be happy. And if that means walking away from a relationship that isn't good and, and, and filing for divorce or, or leaving that, then so be it if they're happy and rather than staying, you know, and it's like, it's, what do you want for them? And if you can't, like, if, if you, if I ask a client, like, if this was your daughter's relationship, what would you tell her? And they'll say, well, I tell her to leave. Well, why is that not good enough for you? Like, why is it different for her? And guess what? She's watching you. And if she's, if she sees you not leaving and sees that maybe her dad or or her stepdad isn't treating you right, like, what does she take from that? You know, mm-hmm. just it's, it's hard though. It's hard. You know, it's easy for, for someone to listen and be like, yeah, but you don't get it. it. It's, you know, there's so many, of course it is hard. Like there are so many factors and it's not a simple process to walk away. And there's so much untangling and uncoupling, but it's still worth it. If yeah. you're living in a bad relationship or stagnant, or it's, there isn't love, it's worth yeah. it. You're worth it. I, I love that you, and thank you for acknowledging that. I like, if you're listening to this and you're like, you guys, it's like, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. It's not easy. Even if you, if the, if it's a conscious uncoupling, <laughs> like, yeah. it's still not easy um, because that that's the end of a chapter. That's end of a story. It's end of a book. And like, you know, there's a lot of unraveling to do there, but um, I, I will stand by you and like, you know, we, it is so much more important to be on the other side of it. And now, however long that takes you, like, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be tomorrow that you make this decision, you can prepare and ready yourself to ready up. But like, I do think that being honest with yourself about what you deserve in this world, you know, and I, I believe that everyone has this purpose as I'm sure you do. And like, there's lives that they can change and there's people that they can love. And if you are not in a place where you feel loved or feel happy or feel respected, you can't show up in the world and give people anything. (laughs) No, when I was in that second bad marriage and that one was really toxic, I was an awful boss. I was an awful lawyer. 
I was an, I was uh, not a very good or present parent. I wasn't a good friend. Like I was just, I, I was, I was my worst version. Like I could not possibly shine light on anyone else because I was sitting in so much darkness. Yeah. Yeah. How do you prepare people to go through the steps of a divorce? Like, are there things that they, that we should, that we, I'm not gonna include myself. I'm doing great, but are there things that people (laughs) can, um, can like think about and consider because obviously there's the filing, but then like, you know, depending on what state you live in, it could be months long. There's all these things. So like, what are some things like emotionally though, that they could, we could think about to, to, to go through that process. Uh, find, find your tribe, find a support system um, that may not include friends and family. So those people who are around you now, they're really well-intentioned, but they may not be the best person to go to. So find a community of people. And there's so many of them out there in, in this world. And like I have a private Facebook group for divorced women, but find a really positive tribe of people who get what you're going through. Um, so you don't feel so alone in it. And the other thing is make sure, you know, start to put the steps in place to educate yourself. And um, like I had mentioned, start gathering financial documents, meet with a couple lawyers. Don't just go to a person who someone recommended, Uh, go and have a couple consultations, even if they're paid and trust your gut. Like who, how do you feel about this person? Can you work with them? Um, And make sure you're making a decision based on what, what they offer it. Like, is it aligned with how you want to go through the process? Um, because a lot of times people will hire someone because they heard through the grapevine, someone's cousin's uncle used this person. They had a good experience. Well, they might not be the right person for you. So just like keep checking in with your gut and like having some grace and recognizing it's going to be really hard. Just bring yourself back to center to remind yourself this is still the right decision, even if it's hard and you get that right support around you outside of the court, inside the court um, and everything in between and just keep like your eye on the prize and recognizing like this is just a moment. It is a moment. It might last a while. It might last a year, but it's a moment. And there will be a time when you'll start to feel really, really good about your decision. Yeah. I, I love that you said, find a tribe. I think, um, because it might not be your friends and family. Cause there's, it's like telling a coworker, you're going to leave a job. Even that's like, they're going to be like, Oh, should you be doing that? Well, what about your vacation? What about this? And it's, and they're projecting their fear of for themselves about the change and the life that you leaving is going to make. And so they might not be the best people to to talk to because they may, unfortunately with all the love in the world, say the wrong thing. And, and then you're going to feel more alone and more like you're doing the wrong thing or more that you're crazy. And so I I do think it's important to find people who, who can do that. And also, you know, when I left my ex, when I had met him, I had just moved to LA. So all of my friends were his friends. Yeah. The other friends I had were like close, like acquaintances from work, but like they were all his friends. So when we, when I, when I left, like I lost everything, all the friends yeah. house. And then I totaled my car leaving. So that was its own thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, Jesus, take the wheel. Just take whatever, whatever yeah. I'm not supposed to have, just get rid of it all. Cause I don't really want to, I don't want to <laughs> go through this anymore. And, um, but I was so grateful because I had this one friend who was introduced to me. That person did not, I did not, I only met her one time while I was with him. So she had no idea who I was then. So we just became these like best friends for a summer. And it, she got me to the other side of that whole transition. Um, and she's also the one that introduced me to Brad. So it was like a very interesting, 
interesting person to have in my life, but I don't think, um, it would have been, I would have felt the same and come out the same and look back 10 years later and go, that was the fucking best thing I ever went through. Thank goodness I went through that. Yeah. I, you know, for me, it was, um, I had the same thing because all, not all of my friends were my ex's friends. So I really had like maybe one or two people in the state and I wasn't super close to them. I decided to sign up for yoga. I'm like, I'm going to do yoga and I'm going to show up. And, and let me tell you, every time I thought to myself, every time I don't have my son, when I'm miserable and when I'm like, so sad, I'm going to go to yoga because mm-hmm. I'm going to fill that time. I was like putting a bandaid over it but I started to enjoy it. I started to actually get to know the community of women who went there. Then I started to do things with them outside of the studio. And I showed up even when I didn't want to, like there were, there was a Saturday morning. I woke up, I was like sitting there over my coffee crying. I did not want to go. I'm like, you're either going to sit here all day and feel bad for yourself. Are you going to put some leggings on and you're going to go to yoga and you'll probably feel better at the end. So it was like, I kept forcing myself to do those things, even though I didn't want to. And it made all the difference because they really became a a group of friends during that time that I needed to, to get, get me outside of my own head out of my Mm -hmm. house, you know? So, and, and I think that's the one thing too, is just like make, force yourself to put yourself in new surroundings with new people. Well, and as you're saying that, what I like to basically heard is like, you're kind of like being it till you see, you're putting yourself into a space where you could be the woman you wanted to be without all that negativity going on. And then you can meet people and they would get to know the Renee that you wanted people to know. And so there was like this really be like, you had this like safe haven, this Island. And I think like, you know, there, no matter how much money or little money you have in every community, there are community classes, there are donation only classes, there's just different things. And so, you know, try to find different ways that you can have a a new tribe to meet new people and put yourself. And I know for the introverts, I know, I hear you. (laughs) I know I'm an introvert. Yeah. I like, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. The good news is, is you don't have to talk to people during class. It's just before and after. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I want to talk about what you're doing now because, um, I feel like, uh, like when you transition to something new and it's not like you're leaving what you're doing, but you're adding this new, amazing thing. There is another element of like being until you see it, like you are the top of your game over here. And now you're like starting this whole thing over here. Yeah. And so how has that been going? What are you ex- the most excited about right now? I love that. Um, so, you know, imposter syndrome is a real thing and you could look at someone and be like, oh, they're doing all the things and they're successful and it still sneaks in. So yeah, it's, it's, it's starting a new thing, a new company and you start from the ground and it's exciting though. It's like filled with possibility. Um, I don't, you know, doing it without expectation attached to it is kind of amazing too. It should be like, I'm going to just follow what feels really good and what feels aligned and see where it brings me. So the she who wins uh, summit is a live event that I created last year. Didn't know who was going to show up. Wasn't even sure. Like I thought that I was going to have to like beg people to come and fill the seats. And we ended up selling out. Um, and we're doing it again in 2023 on April 29th at Mohegan Sun Casinos. So um, it's all about coming together and being in the room together because some of the most impactful things that I've ever done is when I put myself in the room mm-hmm. and connected with other women who are doing really awesome things and like authentically make, I mean, look at how you and I met is we connected oh, yeah. by putting ourselves in the room. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, it's amazing. Like what you can learn from other people. And that's, that was the inspiration behind it is like, let's hear from people who are doing incredible things 
let's bring them all together. Let's have some fun. It's not just education. It's some entertainment. It's, you know, getting up in some movement and be inspired and motivated, but also walk away with some actionable items that you can immediately implement in your life. I love this. I couldn't agree more. And, and you, the, we were in a, in a, an awesome spot. And what was so fun about our in-person is that I was, when you asked who you, I, who you wanted, like we had more amazing women in your life. And I was like, Oh, you need to talk to Kareen, which Kareen was on our show um, yeah. in the beginning. And you're like, I just met Kareen. And so what's really crazy and amazing is when you do put yourself in amazing spaces, you start to meet people who know similar people and you end up very quickly in a really awesome group of people with shared, shared experiences, shared values, shared wants and dreams. And then you start to propel each other forward. And the only reason I met Kareen is because I put myself in another room <laughs> that I really didn't want to go to. I almost like got sold my ticket. I was like, I don't really need to go to this thing. And I went any anyways, and it was the best the best thing that could have ever, the, the, the reason we're listening to this podcast is because of these rooms that I put myself in where I was like, I got myself into place where I'm like, oh, I could do that. Oh, this is how I could do it. And I could, um, I could see those things. And too often we, we wait until we're ready or till the stars align or till everything is figured out before we put ourselves in a space where we would say, I don't know how to do this thing. And like the rooms that we have, we've been in, what's like, I have this problem and I don't know how to solve it. And that is so much vulnerability. And immediately you have connection with other people. And I think women are afraid in general to ask for help. And, you know, we, we take all of this stuff on and we try to balance it all. And we, we, we think that we can figure it out ourselves. We don't want to burden other people. And there's so many amazing people who want to help. And it's like, it's incredible when like, like I've learned to ask for help for things. And when I reach out to someone be like, Hey, I need help with something. Immediately the response is like, Oh yeah, like, absolutely. I can, I can send you this, or I can make this introduction. Like we want, so when you're surrounding yourselves with people who genuinely want to help you, like, it's amazing because you yeah. never feel alone in this journey. Yeah. I, I, I wish we, um, I would love to figure out what it is that we were taught when we were younger. Like, cause I'll, obviously we all got a message that we're not supposed to ask for help. Cause it's going to look like we don't like, we don't know what we're doing. Um, but it is, it is so true. Like the people I find that all of my friends want, have want to help. They want like anyone you'll meet wants to be part of whatever you're creating. People want to be supportive, but we are so we're like, I got to do it all on my own. Like the best, like it doesn't matter unless I did it myself. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have, I have like a story of that trying to get into college, get into law school. And it was someone who knew someone who could help me get into the school. I'm like, no, I don't want the introduction. I'm going to do it on my own. <laughs> you know, and then when the rejection rolled in, I was like, oh shit, you know, maybe I should have asked for the help, but yeah, I don't know where it comes from, but that's how, that's how I always felt. It was like, I'm not strong enough or it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't matter or it's not an yeah. achievement if I have to actually ask someone to assist me. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, that's just, it's, it's, it's so funny. So ladies, everything you need to hear is like, ask for help because people actually want to help you. And also it does, it's not a reflection on you that you <laughs> Like no one is like, Oh, that person, she asked for help. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and you know what? And being so vulnerable about it too. Like now I'll just be like, I have a problem and here's what it is. And like, I don't care. Like, it doesn't mean that, Oh, she's not as successful because she has a problem with this thing and needs, needs help. Like, no, let's not. I think that's something that, that we, cause if someone comes to me and says, Hey, I have something, can you help me with it? I don't look at them and be like, ha, who are they? Like, they're not, you know, they're not a successful person. Cause they're asking. So why are we doing that to ourselves? 
Yeah. Yeah. I think the more we can start to treat ourselves the way we treat other people in all ways, I think we'll actually get a lot farther. So you're writing a book. Um, has that been a fun process? Is it an enjoyable process? Is it like a whole new experience? Like what's it, what's it been like? Um, so I'm a writer before I am anything else. I've been writing for a really long time, just even being a kid. So that was, a that was such a joyful process. I mean, that was, and as I started to write, I, you know, that was a journey too. It's kind of interesting because I wrote a number of chapters and I looked back at it and I'm like, this is very surface level. It's not, it's not deep enough. And I said, you know, in order to like really connect, I'm like, I think I need to like kind of pour my heart and soul and vulnerability onto these pages. And I scrapped those chapters and said, let me start again. And mm. let me talk about things that I've never shared before. Um, so it was almost like a healing session for me. Cause I thought there were things that came up that I thought were completely healed. And I'm like, Oh, body image issues and weight issues and stuff like that. And all of a sudden I'm bringing up memories as I'm writing from like, when I was a kid, I'm like, where the hell did that come from? Like, I thought that that was all tucked away and dealt with. So the writing journey has been absolutely beautiful. The book comes out on September 5th, 2023 by Urano publishing. Um, I'm so excited to share it with the world because it just, it like is so near and dear to, to me. And. Oh my um, gosh. I can't wait for it to come out. We'll have to make sure our peeps um, all know it's coming out because um, it's it, you're the, the, when you, one, if you love writing, then like it's going to come across on the page, but also to be so vulnerable and to actually go deep, that is going to change it. Cause so many books I've, I've read, I'm like, well, this is great. <laughs> yeah. This is nice. This is good wallpaper. Um, but like, we, <laughs> we don't want wall. But, but I find that the books that like I talk about so much are the ones where I can tell the author shared in such a vulnerable way that I'm like, I can see myself, I can feel myself, I can understand it, you know? So um, a, a recent book I read was Menopocalypse and I want to get her on the show, but like she was so vulnerable about her story and her journey of perimenopause that I, like, I actually felt like I could be in the, like I could actually understand what she was talking about and I could feel it in my body. And like, you know, that's another thing that I think we can, can be so hard. It's like, I don't want to share everything because then people will know all the things. So it's like most people have gone through what you're going through and they just want to feel seen. So if you actually just share yeah. all those dark, dirty stories that you've, okay. you've put those labels on that are actually just experiences that you had that made yeah. you who you are, you will have more people who are like, oh my gosh, like you've, you've made me feel so seen. I get you, you know? Yeah. 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 And that, and that was the, the reason behind it. That was the reason behind the stories because the book isn't about me. It's just, it's moments, it's stories. It's just uh, that tie into what we're talking about in that chapter, but it's not my life story. I'm not telling you my journey from childhood to adulthood, but it's these moments that were so difficult for me and caused so much pain or joy moments of joy too. And laughter and stupidity um, stories and like some stupid things that I've done that I've <laughs> been so embarrassed about. And it's like, it's the humanity of it. Mm -hmm. So if someone can read that and say, Oh, I had, I didn't have that experience but I had that similar feeling and I experienced something that, you know, was my own version of it. Then, you know, I, I did my job as a writer and, yeah. and ultimately that's just it. I want to move people emotionally. Yeah. Oh, well, I can't wait to announce, um, to our peeps when your book is ready to be purchased and all of those things. Um, Renee, we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna find out how people can find you, follow you, work with you and your be at action items. All right, loves, it's super important to me that supplements I take are of the highest quality, and that's why for three years I've been drinking AG1. Unlike many supplement brands, AG1 is constantly searching for how to do things better. 
At 52 iterations of their formula and counting, their team is always trying to find better ways to source, test, and aim to find the best quality ingredients available. I love this so much, guys, because so many people think I have to get it right the first time, and they have done 52 different iterations. I freaking love that. So many people have asked me if AG1 is actually the real deal. I really do drink it, and trust me, there's a reason why I've been drinking it for so long. Quality for AG1 isn't just a buzzword. It's a commitment backed by expert-led scientific research, high-quality ingredients, industry-leading manufacturing, and rigorous testing. At each step of the process, AG1 goes above and beyond industry standards. I know I can trust what's in every scoop of AG1 because it's tested for 950 contaminants and banned substances while the industry standard typically only tests for 10. Holy moly. I know that like I'm a recovering overachiever over here, but I'm super glad AG1 isn't. Okay, so taking care of my health shouldn't be complicated and AG1 simplifies this by replacing multiple health supplements like multivitamins, digestive aids, immune support, and more in just one simple scoop. It's literally just one scoop. It's one scoop in one bottle of water. It's amazing. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. Y'all know I've had gut stuff, so that's why I've been doing it for so long. I've partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash be it. That's drinkag1.com slash B-E-I-T. Check it out. Okay, Renee, where do you like to hang out? We know TikTok, but what are your handles? <laughs> I, I actually don't like TikTok, so don't go over there. Um, Instagram's kind of my favorite place. It's at Ms. Renee Bauer. So I'm always in there responding to DMs. And you have a podcast, She Who Wins. I do. Yep. On uh, all major platforms. Awesome. So wherever you listen to this, you guys, you can listen to that. Um, I was on that uh, on one of the episodes and I know some of my other dear friends put on this. So you have to go uh, do a little binge listen. So, okay, bold, executable, intrinsic, targeted steps people can take to be it till they see it. Yeah, so I'm bringing it back to money. Ladies, know your money. Don't be afraid to talk about money, to dig into it, to ask for it, to ask for the raise, to uh, to understand how it's serving you or how it's not serving you. And I think if we're talking about like one action item is like treat yourself like you are the CFO of your life. At treat yourself as if you are your own business. Don't let it money rule you. You take control of it. And because that is the, it's so powerful. It gives you the courage to do things. It gives you the courage to walk away from things that aren't serving you. So don't be afraid to get really up close and personal with your money relationship. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. I love that so much. Brene, this is amazing. We'll have to have you back. Um, thank you so much for being you and being here. Everyone, how are we going to use these tips in your life? Let us know. Tag the Be It Pod, tag Ms. Renee Bauer. And until next time, be it till you see it. That's all I got for this episode of the Be It Till You See It podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. Be It Till You See It is a production of the Bloom Podcast Network. It's written, filmed, and recorded by your hosts, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. 
It is produced and edited by the Epic team at Desenio. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music and our branding by designer and artist Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to Melissa Solomon for creating our visuals and Semena Velazquez for our transcriptions. Also to Angelina Herico for adding all the content to our website and finally to Meredith Crowell for keeping us all on point and on time. All right, my coffee lovers. I got something for you. And I know most of you are coffee lovers because if you're listening to this, you have lots of things you're doing and coffee is something that you are taking with you everywhere you go. In fact, I know the Plaza instructors around here are taking coffee, kombucha, tea, and water into every class that they take. So this one is amazing because this is Pure Cafe Bold. They have two options for you. They've got black coffee and then they've got a caramel coffee latte, which is amazing. And here's why it's amazing. It's pre-brewed. So it comes in this amazing little packet and you can actually just take the packet in to your office, your work on a plane like we've been doing. And then you pour hot water in and boom, you've got coffee. And this coffee actually has some amazing stuff. It's not just regular coffee. This coffee supports your immune system. It boosts cognitive function, increases stamina, it reduces stress, and it has cordyceps. And what are cordyceps, you ask? Oh, that's right, Brad's here. Nature's powerful secret energizer, a rare species of fungi, cordyceps is renowned for its invigorating properties and centuries-old use in traditional medicine packed with essential nutrients. This natural adaptogen boosts stamina and supports overall well-being. And seriously, it's actually super simple to make. Leslie and I have taken it camping. Yeah. I'll use it in the afternoon. We're taking it everywhere because I'm tired of conferences and different hotels having burnt coffee. It's a thousand times better than the terrible coffee that you get on an airplane. And the black coffee is like less than a dollar a packet. So it's like, it's really kind of amazing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a big fan of the caramel myself. He the does caramel like has it. a little bit of, uh, of milk in it. So. It has some dairy. So my dairy free peeps, you, you can't do the caramel, but you can do the black, right? Yeah. The black coffee is vegan, keto, gluten-free, non-GMO, nut-free, dairy-free, fat-free, and CGMP compliant. All right. So here's the deal. You need to go to beitpod.com slash coffee, B-E-I-T-P-O-D.com slash coffee. And when you do that, you are going to be able to get some amazing coffee that we're loving. You can buy it as a one-time purchase, or you can actually get it as a subscription. There's even family packs. So if you know that you've got a lot of coffee drinkers in your household, this is amazing. And it's honestly cheaper than all the coffees we've been making at home. So we are so excited. I hope you are. Go to beatpod.com slash coffee. And, you know, cheers to you and I. Every morning, we'll be drinking the same coffee together. Woo!